Hey, good day everybody, you already know who it is, it's your boy, King Nigel, host of Sigma Male Diaries, and today ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to have a couple guests on my panel today, and the questions and tells are, can a single mother raise a boy into man, masculine manhood, and are men actually more submissive than women, like, are men content with submitting for a purpose? Ladies and gentlemen, let's get it. And today I have with me Jordy and Tanika. Hi Jordy, hi Tanika, how you guys doing today? Ladies and gentlemen. Very good, thank you. All right, all right. Well today, um, go ahead Jordy. No, no, I'm doing well. Uh, I hope everyone has a good week and everything. Uh, so we can just go move about life one day at a time, that's all. I agree, I agree. <laughs> well, today, um, I have an interesting topic I would like to discuss. Actually, it's, it's a two-part topic. And the first topic that I would like to discuss and, you know, get opinions on is, number one, can a single mother raise a boy into masculine manhood? And secondly, are men more submissive than women? So, uh, I will I will ask first. Uh, take um, far as far as the things that you know you do dealt with in life, experience people that you know, just in general, um, even from a personal uh, perspective and experience, do you feel that a a woman, single mother, excuse me, can uh, raise a boy into masculine manhood? I believe so. But I also feel there's limits. There's things that that young man is not receiving that the woman truly, um, no matter how hard she tries or no matter what she does, can share with him. Um, there's certain things that men deal with um, on a deeper level that women are not aware of. And, you know, we're still not aware. Of. We don't know until men tell us. Like men will let us know, yes, I go through this. I feel this. I know this. Um, and it still shocks me to this day that these grown men have these emotions. And I know that's not nice to say, I know it doesn't sound right, but you know, when you look at the man, you don't think emotion, you look at the woman, that's what you feel and think you think emotion, the man you think providing and protecting, but it's hard to teach your son that it's okay to feel it's okay to understand those feelings. It's okay to express those things. Um, there's just certain things that women cannot express to their son to bring them into their manhood. It's very important that as a man, you understand the level of your feelings. You understand the level of your emotions and how to um, incorporate that into your everyday life. You're protecting, you're providing, you're building, you're growing, you know, you're meeting people. Like that is so important that you understand those levels and how to deal with them because women deal with them different than men. So if I teach my son how I deal with those things, he's going to deal with them in that manner. And that can cause conflict later when he does encounter grown men that do things differently as far as feelings and understanding that we can deal with them different because we're men. We deal with them, yes, but we deal with them different. This is how we do it. To keep our mental status together and to keep our emotions in line because we have to deal with life differently. So I think it's possible. It's just... It's not getting them to their full 
the male. Okay, okay. Uh, Jordy, uh, what would you have to add to that, or what would your opinion be on that? First, uh, I want to say, wait, can you guys hear me? Yes. Perfect. So first, I want to say I definitely see her point of view, uh, and I agree. I definitely agree. But I'm also going to give a, a little bit of a different spin. I would say that a single mother can lay the foundation for a man to develop, a boy to develop um, masculine traits, but she can't raise him into it, right? So she can, let me, let me explain a little bit. There's a difference between raising a child and maintaining one. And what I tend to see is most people believe because they put food in the fridge, roof over the head, and all the basic things that they're raising their children. And that tends to be maintaining the child, maintaining their health, their education, their safety, blah, blah, blah. Raising is instilling principles that they're going to follow throughout life. And the principles that most women follow are not the principles that most men or most boys are going to have to follow to be the best versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so the one thing that most boys need to actually be, develop masculine traits is discipline and adversity, but in a controlled substance, right? You don't want him to be overwhelmed. You don't want him to basically think of it like, trying to beat a video game you go one level at a time you can't just go to the final boss that's life you just can't go there you got to go one level at a time but in most cases most mothers especially if that boy is the only child she has her only like real love because she's hurt about what her baby daddy did to her she's going to try to protect him from harm which is going to be detrimental for him it's going to be good for his safety but it's going to be detrimental to his growth. If you tend to see, for example, let's say a married couple, um, a, for example, let's say there's a, a baby who's climbing, right? An infant. The mother would tell him, get down. While the husband would be like, no, let him do it. Because the husband understands he has to prepare that boy for life. Life is not going to be easy, right? And so he has to give him this child, this son, adversity in a controlled way that's what climbing on the chair or whatever he's climbing represents so what will still happen he'll fall bump his head a little bit might cry but he's gonna learn a lesson and if he falls doesn't hurt himself he's gonna stand back up try again it's how we were taught how to ride bikes and a lot of different things you need to have adversity in your life in a controlled substance and after that adversity the one who's looking over you will have to sit you down if you're doing it wrong, explain to you, you're doing it wrong, this is how you do it. They're going to get you to like go through your feelings. How do you feel? Why did you do this? And then explain to you how it should probably be done. Now, most women didn't have to go through that as little girls. They didn't. So there is that disconnect when it comes to raising that child, from even from a young age. So they're going to go about it in the sense that I want to protect my son. He's climbing. I don't want him to get hurt. Let me take him down. So they say, get down. They might whoop your ass. Like they might punish you for it because they're they're fearful of your safety. Right, well, right. The father will laugh it off, right? Because he understands. I have to prepare you for when I'm not here. 
not to start now when you're young. Little by little, throughout all these years of raising you, I'm going to be preparing you little by little till eventually when the big challenges come, when you're in your late teens, early 20s, 30s, you'll have literal years of preparation. So I would say once more, a single mother can lay the foundation in terms of maintaining the child so that he, the child will eventually have to go look elsewhere towards like father figures, but she herself cannot teach him or guide him the way a father would, the way a man would. That's my answer to that. Sorry if it was a little long. <laughs> Oh, that no, was no. good. That was very good. Right, right. I like that perspective myself as well. Oh, yeah. That was good. <laughs> so, that's far. That's absolutely true. Right. Okay, well, far as. Uh, so, what about like uncles and, you know, uh, cousins, you know, uh, guys from the neighborhood? Uh, how would you think that would have an impact on that child versus that child's father actually being in the house? You know, whereas, you know, the mother says, you know, well, you know, I can raise him, but, you know, I got this person or that person to raise him because, you know, some would admit that they can't raise a boy, you know, to be a man or gotcha. raise a boy into masculine manhood. So, I mean, how, how would you think that would impact this child's life without a consistent dominant male structure in the household uh no problem no problem but hey why don't you go ahead and go first there's so many different perspectives of men you know like you said the uncle cousin friends neighbors that sort of thing the whole you know it takes a village there's so many perspectives it can really really be confusing and even overwhelming okay what kind of man should I be who am I you know that type of thing having a stable man in the household can be less overwhelming and more stabilizing to his growth those the other men are absolutely beneficial whether you know the father is there or not However, if the father is there giving him a level of structure, which men thrive on, men are most, they're at their strongest when they build structure, when they have that, and they can give that to their family, like you mentioned, discipline, right? Um, when they have that and they can give that to their son, it's such a beautiful thing. So I think having the man in the house on a constant basis, very consistent, um, it's more beneficial than just having uncles and other, you know, male figures on the outside, seeing them when you see them and trying to mimic what they do or seeing how they live their life. It's not always, um, it's, it's more confusing. It, it puts too much, it's kind of like putting chatter in one's head, you know, and you have all these little different thoughts and different um, insights. And it's like, okay, which one do I use here? Which one do I use there? As to where a father can literally give him structure and say, listen, situations like this this is how you should think or this is how you should look at things at least giving them some form of you know like a mathematical formula to how to deal with certain circumstances the consistency of a man is very important for our men our young men i agree i agree Thank definitely you. yes yes uh, well what's your take on that jordan um gonna say uh, that 
a uncle or like for example an older cousin extended cousin or a godparent even they are able to teach to impart the child some of the structure and the principles that that child is going to need in their lives however they're not going to be able to enroll the key components which is going to be the managerial side of things or let me put it this way the leadership qualities right let me let me use a let me use an analogy for example let's say you want to become a doctor right and you're studying to become a doctor at some point you're going to have to before you can graduate your program you're gonna have to shadow another doctor right you're gonna follow them around see how they do things how they interact with people how they interact with nurses fellow doctors patients things like that how they give orders how they receive re reports all these things right mm -hmm. it's not just something you can just see and sorry it's not just something someone can just say to you you have to see it for yourself you have to see it in action that's what some people are better at learning when they see things mm -hmm. so that's what a a father in the household represents because what's happening is you are seeing how your father is interacting with your mother which is preparing you hopefully for how you're gonna have to interact later on with the woman in your life right you're gonna see your parents go through arguments you're gonna see how your father manages to calm your mother down help her manage her emotions be there for her emotionally um intellectually how she he's able to listen to her but you're also able to see because these things happen you also be able to see how well, not in a bad way, how your father will put your mother in place if she gets too emotional, start getting disrespectful, things like that. And you'll also be able to see how he manages everything. There's going to be problems that are normal about life, normal about just especially as a parent. So your household is going to have problems and you're going to see like the stress that's going to place on your father and how he handles it. The calm he's going to have when he tackles these situations. Most of the problems most kids especially in two-parent households when they're children they don't realize they're poor because their parents do such a good job at sheltering them from that that's a good thing because they manage everything so you're gonna see your parents your father in this case do it such a way that you'll be shadowing him for the literal years that's gonna be years of imprinting years of you seeing how it's done now, as you grow older, there's some of the things you're going to see, some of the flaws he has, you might want to change, and that's a good thing. But you'll be able to see it firsthand. That's important. But if you just have uncles, sure, your uncle might teach you how to throw a football, pitch a baseball, and a few other things, right? He might tell you, this is how you're going to want to do it, this is how you want to talk to girls, this is how you want to do blah, 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 blah. But he's not in the house with you 24-7. He's not in the house with you when you misbehaving, you disrespect nice. He's not there managing all the other aspects of things. He's not there when your mother is feeling overwhelmed, when your mother is sad, when your mother might be crying. He's not there to help her through that. So you won't know how to go through that. Most importantly, he's not the one having relationship arguments with your mother. And there's no one there. You're not seeing anyone manage to fix these things because as you grow up and you see your parents they may have their differences but they work it out you get under the 
you get the principle that yes, relationship is going to be tough. You're going to have arguments, but you eventually work through them. You work them out. And that's what having a male figure in the household means. That's what it represents. You get to see firsthand and you get to see it for a long time, literal years, right? You'll get to, for example, you also get to see how his parenting style would change with you as your adolescent, even as for as you're an infant, you get to adolescent, teenager, as you grow up, you get to your 20s, even even 30s, right? You'll see that his parenting style changes and that's gonna help you, prepare you for when you're eventually gonna become a parent because you're not gonna teach treat your children the same way if they are different ranges right you can't treat a 10 year old boy the way you treated him when he was five and you can't do that when he's going through puberty has that rebellious phase and you can't do that when he's in his 20s he wants that independence you can't do that when he's in late 20s and he made a huge mistake and he just wants your support he doesn't need you to tell him what to do he just want to know that daddy's got him daddy's got his back if anything happens and you can't treat him that way when he's having relationship issues in his 30s with his wife, long-term girlfriends, or whatever it is. So you get to see all of that firsthand. That's why it's very important to have a father figure in the home, like in the actual home, not just a mom's boyfriend who comes over every once in a while, or if mom's not dating at all because she's keeping every man away from you to protect you that's good in that sense but that's more of a protection type of thing you don't need that what you need is guidance and the best form of guidance is to see it firsthand that's my take on that okay great great you wanted to add anything to that or oh no that was that was perfect that was perfect (laughs) yeah david was actually able to join us he's sitting in the cut you know, listening right now. Uh, yeah, so Dave, um, the, the topic was, can a single mother raise a young boy into man, you know, to manly masculine, you know, masculine manhood, excuse me. <laughs> and the second question was that are men more submissive? And that's the one that I'm going to get in um, into touch with. I mean, that's the one I'm going to get in touch with in a second. If um, you didn't have anything to add as far as a single mother being able to raise a little boy into masculine manhood, you had anything to add to that? Um, well, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what everyone else said, but I don't, I don't see that being a. Um, I don't, I don't see how that really works. <laughs> um, as far as a woman being able to uh, raise um, a young man, uh, a boy into a man. I just don't see that. Um, They can get other people involved, but it's not the same. Uh, I was fortunate to be raised with a father in the home. Um, And I don't know what life would be like without having my dad in my life. Um, so I just feel like there's certain things that you can get from your father that you would not get from your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the women are strong, but I think it it goes back to even, I thought about your subject some time ago. Um, even when I talked about it in the, the, um, one of my podcasts and, uh, you have to even think about it to some degree 
um, not just to where we are in modern times, but even back to slavery, um, where the male was actually usually had to leave home. They were either sold or traded, or even if they were um, with the family, the chances of the fact that the father would not be there um, because he could be sold. Um, and then of course the mom was left to raise the kids. So I started thinking about that. I thought that was kind of interesting to the fact that, you know, and even if you were married, you could be owned by one person um, and then who actually owned, if you were married, who owns the wife at that point? Um, so there's a lot of dynamics that goes along with this whole topic. I think that even just to where we are looking at today. So I'm, I'm curious to know, um, so to maybe to some degree, they were raised by their mom back then. Um, how successful, I think that's something that we can look at um, because obviously, they had to uh, mature and grow and learn some things, but I would imagine it might've been just maybe when the father was there, but any moment the father could have been taken away from the home. So I don't know if you all even got into that deep conversation from that point, but just being born into a situation where the father's just not there. I just don't see how that um, benefits a young man to even understand anything about manhood because a woman is just totally different. Right, right. Okay, I appreciate that information and point of view as well. Great perspective. Um, yeah, so I was having a conversation with a couple people today and the topic was like far as the willingness of being submissive in regards to women and men, uh, regardless if it's a traditional thing or a modern thing, a cultural thing, is that, you know, a lot of men uh, are, let's say, they're, they're, they're content with being submissive to to a certain standard, a, a degree, far as in the workplace or being in the military, you know, taking orders from someone that's, you know, above you, but you're commanding people that's you know, that are under you, um, you know, de dealing with something like that, as far as just recognizing someone a as a leader, uh, how would you say that differed from, from women, to, you know, that you can see today and in men as well, as far as the history of, you know, men being soldiers, men having to work jobs and take orders from other people, far, you know, compared to how women would look at that submissiveness as, you know, pertaining to a relationship and or marriage, is kind of viewed in a different perspective. Are you, just to clarify, are you asking how men and women view submissive in a different sense and who's more willing to submit? Yes. Got you, got you. Um, well, Tay, why don't you go ahead and take it first, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so personal experience, uh, every man I've dealt with, was very submissive to me. However, in their outer life, they were very dominant. Um, so I think it really depends on their relationship with the person because in other relationships, they were not submissive. Um, they were very dominant and 
do this, do that. Not not bossy and rude about it, but more kind of like in control of that situation on their terms as to where with me, they were more willing to move on my terms. And I only think that's because I thought a lot like them. I wasn't asking them or expecting them to do anything outside of themselves. And um, as for women, <laughs> um, we're a little more stubborn. We prefer to not, speaking for myself, I can't speak for other women, but um, I've always been the type to be very independent and no, I'm not submitting to this, I'm not submitting to that. However, we naturally do it without even realizing it, no matter how stubborn I want it to be. Um, it was only two men in my life that literally um, got it out of me naturally where I didn't even realize I was doing it. Um, so I think men do submit more willingly as to where women submit a little more naturally, a little more like less, they're reluctant to do it because they feel whatever it is we feel. We, we're just different. We are just different. We just, um, and I think it's more or less the times because in the beginning women were submissive to their men. It was more, it was as natural as I'm speaking of it now. However, um, it was less taboo. Now it's kind of taboo. Nobody wants to submit to anybody and everybody wants to be top dog and it shouldn't be like that. It should be more or less a very natural combination. So I think men are more submissive willingly. Like they do it for the woman. They do it to um, court the woman. And women are less submissive in the fact that they, it has to be, it has to come natural for them. It has to just kind of, oops, I'm submitting. And, um, and I think it's important that it's that way though. I think men should court the woman in submission so that the woman can feel more secure in them to get them to naturally submit. But on the other hand, I don't think men should be so submissive to where they're losing their manhood, if that makes sense. Right, I, I agree. Uh, what is, thank you, Tay, I appreciate that. Uh, Jordy, what, what do you think about that? All right, no problem, no problem. Uh, so one thing I do want to mention is in terms of men being submissive, I would say men don't, we're not submissive by nature. In fact, we are very rebellious by nature. However, we understand the importance of submit of submitting in the sense to a higher power. So basically it comes down to power. Now, the thing with that is very simple, right? Um, let me think of how to phrase this one second. Sure. All right. Okay. There you go. So for men, we have no problem yielding to authority. That's what discipline is, right? Leading to authority. If the one we're following has displayed a competent enough sense of power the problem becomes if we feel that we are stronger than they are we will rebel it's quite literally our nature right men don't follow weak men correct now i will say in terms of women on that sense most women submit instinctually they probably don't realize they're doing it until they actually do it they're like oh this guy is different. This guy brings something out of me that the other ones did. 
and that's a good thing and it's just the way things are but men we don't tend to submit but we do follow discipline Okay. There is a difference. I, I now that you say that, like, there is a difference. So for men, it's not a submission. It's more like um, they're disciplined enough to court the woman. They're disciplined enough to love the woman in a particular way, and this is what brings out her level of submission, her level of um, being comfortable and trusting. Because that's what submission is. You have to trust the person you're submitting to. So if Correct. the man is in a in in his space where he's disciplined then he's literally submitting to her so to speak but he's he's doing it out of you know love and it, it's like you said a discipline i like that Definitely. i like that Definitely. yeah right. and i will um, add this um just a little bit of more context there is like i mentioned there is a it's a, there is a pyre dynamic that exists there the the whole point of power is that a lot of most everybody humans in general don't like to relinquish power because it makes us feel helpless right most for example especially for women who feel like if they just relinquish all power become too submissive to a man they're completely helpless and at his mercy men we operate on that sense but on a different level as well and that comes to more of a physical component a woman being helpless towards a man she feels like she's stuck there but a man willingly giving away power he understands i gave this away willingly i can take it back if i feel like this is not working out that's why men have no problem following another man but the moment we realize he's weak we're like we're out of here you're not competent enough to lead me to anything right, right? right. so that's what happens uh, an example would be let's say a tyrant or a general who leads his men to death, eventually the army is going to be like, no, you're getting, you're getting out of here. You're not competent enough to be leading us anywhere. Now, in a relationship, that was a little bit of a setup. Now, in a relationship, the man understands that physically he has more power. So he's willing to do things. In other words, he's willing to give more power to the woman to make her feel more comfortable. That was literally the whole point of chivalry. I'm going to do things that even though I'm the most physically dominant in this relationship, I'm going to do things for you that I don't have to do just to show you that I'm willing to relinquish more power to you so you feel comfortable. When it was rainy, we would take our coats off and we'll give it to her. If it's cold, the same thing. There was a time where if there was a puddle on the ground, they would take the coat off and let her walk over the coat, right? That was a thing back mm -hmm. then. Because he understood, I may be the most powerful here, but if we're submitting to our goal, and this, in these back, these cases used to be religion and the greater goal of like a family and a future, if we're both submitting to this goal, I'm willing to do my part. I will willingly give you more power, right? So it makes me, you feel more comfortable. And then the woman is there. She's like, well, this guy's not a dictator. He's not a tyrant. He's not telling me what to do. He, I know he has power, right? And, but he's also willing to give me some. I feel safe. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes the show. And I'd like to give a special thanks to my guests, Tanika, Jordy, and David. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for joining my podcast. It means a lot. Ladies and gentlemen, also remember to subscribe to Sigma Male Diaries. Hit that notification bell. Like, comment, 
and share. Also, follow me on my podcast platforms. I'm on Amazon Music. I'm on Apple Music. I'm on Radio Public. I'm on Google Podcasts, Red Circle, Reason FM, Spotify. I'm on Audrey. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your host, King Nigel of Alpha Male Diaries. Some of you might like what I say, but then again, some of you might not. But I don't give a fuck. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and be blessed. Bye-bye.